Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Good morning. It is early-ish here when we were recording this episode. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to the Standing Brothers Show, episode 86. Am I right? Yes. 86. Mm-hmm, indeed. Uh, you know, like we always say, check all the stuff in the description below if you want to follow us and buy a t-shirt and all that good stuff. I don't need... I, I think we I think we can stop promoting that now. I think it, people are getting tired of us. Buy our t-shirt! Check out our stickers! I think people are tired of hearing that. No, man. They, no? No, so they want to keep hearing it. They want to keep hearing it? Uh, well, they can they can look keep looking at it in the description below. But welcome to another episode of Standing Brothers Show. We're gonna try to keep this one a little bit shorter since it is the uh, the long weekend, as Kamala Harris would like to say. The long weekend. If you know, enjoy your long weekend, as uh, as she would say. Um, but yeah, today is Memorial Day, uh, so we're trying to keep things just a little bit shorter because so we don't take up too much of people's time, you know, with the holiday and everything and. All that. We're going to talk about Memorial Day, the history of it, and kind of give our thoughts on it. And it might be a little bit different than what you might expect. Uh, so just, this is not a trigger warning or anything like that, but just know that going into it. Uh, and then uh, we'll talk about some COVID cases, and then maybe 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 we'll hit something else. But yeah, like the COVID situation and kind of some anecdotal and some kind of personal um, experience and testimony from uh, over from over the over the weekend. In yeah. the uh, Georgia area. So that's Speaking why I of out. the weekend, how was your weekend, Jacob? Bro, I had a great weekend, man. Uh, I cannot complain at all. Very relaxing. Got to see some friends. Got to hang out. Um, grill out. Do the American thing. Cool. You know? No, so uh, you went to a certain sporting event um, that I couldn't go to because I had a prior obligation. But could you explain to me uh, what what occurred at this particular sporting event? <laughs> this is... This is is this an interview or something? Yes, it is. Uh, so, so th- thank you, Jacob, for coming today. Uh, could you please explain to us what happened at this sporting event? I heard something shocking happened. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, myself and my family, we're season- we are ticket holders um, for the entire season of Atlanta United. I which think they is called those season ticket holders. Season ticket holders. We're um, holders of, of, of the, the, the all-season edition of the tickets. <laughs> Um, for Atlanta United, which for those who don't know, that's our MLS um, soccer team here in Georgia. And um, this is the first time that we're seeing them play since 2019 because, you know, we couldn't, you know, gather in 2020 at all for, 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 for you know, various reasons, reasons um, even though now it's okay. So um, the season's been going on. Um, there's been three home games so far this year. And the... Uh, the COVID restrictions or the mandates or whatever have been uh, progressively weakening and weakening to the point now where um, I think it's just that no one cares at this point. And so this is kind of what I thought was going to end up happening. Um, Testimony from the first game we went to, they were very strict on the whole masks thing. We were sitting in a section by ourselves with no one else around and they were under chin and, the stewardess had the audacity to come up to us and be like, hey, you need to put your mask on. Even though we're nowhere near another soul yeah. and we're in, in a large open-air um, stadium, 
it doesn't really matter. Uh, the second game, a little bit more lenient, but still, like, you know, requiring a mask. And, um, you know, two weeks later, they go from acquiring a mask to just simply saying that masks are just recommended. Mm. They're just recommended. And <laughs> I read so, that. So knowing that, how that make you feel seeing other people's faces for the first time in a large venue like this? It, it, did, it did feel different. It felt... It felt back to normal, you know. Felt like people weren't living in fear. Uh, whenever I got the email from the from the from the from the um, holders page, they uh, they said they're just recommended, and I said, okay, well, I'm going to take that recommendation and not follow it. <laughs> um, I will be I, I will not be wearing a mask because it's not required, and it's um it's just recommended. So yeah, uh, packed house, man. Uh, there was probably 35,000, 40,000 people there, packed house, um, people shoulder to shoulder. Um, few people of, I would say, 5 to 10% of people, people were actually wearing masks. I don't know how many of those wore them thinking it was still mandated, or those are people that just were going to wear them you regardless. Know, regardless. And that goes to show to me that that's how much people actually cared about the whole mask thing. Is that the moment that they don't have to wear it, they're not going to wear it. And this is Atlanta people, too. Yeah, this, this, is, this is not just people from you know, so rural parts of, uh, of Georgia. This is, this is Atlanta people, it's Fulton not, County yeah, people. It's not your Frogs Ball, Arkansas people. Um, and I, I did want to, uh, to say this is still in the same America where, where uh, Joe Biden said that, um, that hopefully by July 4th, you can gather with some vaccinated friends um, and have a small gathering outside. This is still the same America where that is that is what's being recommended by the CDC, and that's what's being recommended by by Joe Biden is these small gatherings, and you have these um, you have these um, um, states and these cities that are just saying, yeah, we're not gonna do that. We're, we're back to normal. Texas, Florida. Um, last night we watched the Carolina um, when a Hurricanes game. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, Tampa Bay Lightning, hockey. Packed pack stadium. No, and very little. The uh, face diaper, coverings. yeah, pack stadium, and even Colorado, pack stadium. Um, so I, I, I don't know who these people are, are are trying to fool, and I don't know what America that they're talking about is these small gatherings to avoid big big crowds. They say even after vaccination, you probably should avoid big crowds. Probably should keep things small. Probably should stay at home if all possible. Um, I, I, I don't know who these people are talking to. Yeah, I, I don't know either because. Um, <coughs> it seems that every gathering that we have gone to, and there's people who take this a little more seriously than we do, uh, they just don't care. And you got people who really don't pay attention to the news, who are going to events unmasked and who are also unvaccinated. So, maybe it's pe- I think I think I think we've gotten to a point where people just don't care anymore. You know, they they went through a year and a half of this crap, and they're like, well, all right, enough's enough. I'm not gonna wait until July 4th to gather with a handful of friends, socially distanced and vaccinated, and sharing the punch bowl. We're just not going to do that. Um, But yeah, and that is a very encouraging thing. So now I will break my fast of not going to Atlanta United Games. (laughs) Because now you got to start going. And I will start going. And I also heard that Disney has basically completely relaxed all of their restrictions. So there might be a certain case we have to wear, like, in a hotel lobby or inside of a shop or something, which, you know, I can get around that. But that's, that is great news. And again, I guess Disney isn't waiting for July 4th. 
No, um, that that's the part that I still find funny is that um, you still have idiots like Joe Biden out there who are saying that, you know, we should keep these gatherings small and it should only be between vaccinated people. Um, I think the whole vaccine passport and the whole vaccine um, I'm, I'm not giving the all clear signal yet because I don't, I don't think I don't think there will be an all clear signal to not worry about this sort of um, medical tyranny. But I think that they have really dropped the ball on this if they wanted to implement some type of government tracking, government um, passport or some type of um, system in place where you could prove your vaccination status. I, I, I think they've honestly dropped the ball on this um, because it's probably too late. It's too late. I think that two people have been vaccinated. Unless they were going to retroactively get the consent of, I don't know, almost 200 million Americans. Because now we're at, we're at, we're at over, the, over the half the half the country has been fully vaccinated. So I don't know. Um, I don't know how they had what system in place they'd have to go back and, you know, get the consent of every single um, American. And the, the thought of having to implement such a structure, um, not in big cities. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like sort of rural places. Um, you know, if you have some, if you have a small town of 500 and there's one gas station, is that gas station going to be having a person outside with, with a little QR scanner, or is that shop, or, or is that is, is that local um, public, so that local Kroger going to have a person outside with like QR scanner? No. Yeah. No. Um, and even for these bigger places, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're willing to some. I don't know if they're willing to to, to cut into the profits of denying a certain portion of the population. And then I don't know um, the security and the legitimacy of the current system where it's, where it's the little vaccine cards. I don't know. Um, people have lost them. So if you lose them and you're still vaccinated, then what's the what's the what's the point? Yeah, what's the point? Um, so I, I think it's over. I think uh, they think this, this pandemic is, is over. People are done with it. People have been done with it. Um, I remember there was um, there was a concert coming up in october i think it was i think it was for a i think it's like for future island something like that some kind of band i wanted to go see and um they said that uh that masks would be required inside and i i i, I cringed a little bit because i'm like do you realize what rock and metal shows are like there's no it's the most unsanitary yeah <laughs> um thing possible and a little um, cloth mask that'll that'll immediately be taken off um, is not going to do anything. And at that at the same at that same point, at that same point, um, pre twenty twenty, if you went to a show like that, you knew what what risks were associated with this. You knew that you were going to be in a small room, pushed around, pushed around with a bunch of sweaty people. And you're going to be sharing whatever germs everyone else had. That that was an assumed risk. So you going to this concerts now, vaccinated, unvaccinated, you know what the risks are. So I, I don't understand the whole mask thing. I may, it, it possibly might be for these venues so they don't get sued. Um, so they don't have like a, you know, a small outbreak of COVID or whatever their crap. And they, they can't trace it back to be sued. But then again, um, Every one of these businesses have a a waving of a liability sign outside. We're basically saying that we're not responsible for any damages or deaths or injuries caused by um, a virus, which is honestly how it should be. You shouldn't be able to sue a business because um, you walked in there and a caught something from a customer or, or an employee. Um, that's been a long assumed um, um, risk. 
So I, I don't know why <clears throat> things change. It's just because the the perceived threat has a different uh, name to it. Right. And it's also interesting to mention, too, is that the COVID <clears throat> cases are at an all-time low. Yeah. Uh, what is it? For May 29th, uh, which uh, this year, <clears throat> I think the new cases was, was like 11,500. Yeah, 11,500, right. but the seven-day moving average we're sitting at right now is 21,000 flat, and we have not been at 21,000 seven-day moving average since June of 2020, and it hasn't been the lowest previous to that since April of, yeah. of last year, so we, we it, it's over. It's over. I, I, I don't know what else people are waiting on. I don't know what businesses are waiting on. I don't know what companies are waiting on for this. Um, it, it's over. It's largely over. I think that everyone up to this point who wanted to get the jab has gotten the jab and everybody else, myself included, are going to take whatever risks are associated with um, this virus. Look, keep in mind, this thing's been around for a year and a half. I haven't caught it. I have had family members that have caught it. I've had friends that have caught it. And I've been with them when they were symptomatic or pre-symptomatic and I've never... Asymptomatic. Asymptomatic. And I've, I've never caught it. And you've done everything you're not supposed to do. Yeah. Um, inclu- including going to a large stadium unvaccinated and unmasked. Um, you know, as I've long said, um, since, uh, since this show's begun, if I catch this thing and I have complications with it, do you know who, I, do you know who, who I will blame? Joe Biden. No one. No. I will blame nobody on this because I'm taking responsibility for the, the risks and the benefits of my actions by going and being a part of society and not staying at home. Um, I won't go on Twitter and cry to people who weren't wearing masks or who weren't socially distancing or the anti-vaxxers, right? Because that's a pretty pathetic person that goes on and just cries um, because they um, so because they got sick. Um, no one that's, – that's never happened. Um, if you were sent to the hospital because you had a bad case of influenza, yeah. um, no one decried out – well, I caught this from someone who wasn't covering their face or by someone who didn't get a flu shot. No, sorry. If, if, if you didn't do it for any other disease, you can't do it for this one if you want to stay consistent on this issue. Um, because, unfortunately, this is a virus, and it spreads just like any other virus. They do what they're going to do. They do what they're going to do. I do, a, I do yeah. find it interesting that the whole, uh, the whole lab theory now is completely breaking down. Um, it's looking more and more like we're going to uh, – that this thing actually came from a lab. I think it was the New York Times or Washington Post. It was some major publication. They had said that uh, yeah, the lab theory looks more and more plausible while the wet uh, market thing has been completely debunked um, because the wet market was where people thought it came from because people were eating bats. Well, that wet market just so happened to be just a few blocks away from the lab. And so people were like, nah, I'm not, not buying it. And also... Uh, it's also interesting that um, that with almost 200, 200 million people have, have been fully vaccinated and given the amount of people who have natural immunity uh, through having COVID, uh, so virtually everyone now is uh, has some type of immunity or antibodies to fight the germ. So again, uh, it's over, folks. Uh, moving on from the COVID stuff, let's get into um, Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Uh, this, I, don't, I hate to call it a holiday because it's really not a holiday. Uh, it's more of a day of remembrance and, um, uh, not solitude, but um, but a day of remembrance and remembering those who have fallen in service of the country. 
Um, and I know this day can bring up a lot of different emotions to people. It can be uh, those of uh, regret for some. Maybe they have regret that they survived and others died who served. Or maybe it's gratitude. People that feel uh, who have gratitude for those who did serve, who fought for our supposed freedoms uh, in these different wars. Um, and that's kind of the no- mainstream norm- normie uh, view on it. Um, I know that Jacob wrote a piece about this, which caused some controversy here internally. Um, Pete Kunotnis wrote a, a good piece on this. Um, a lot of, a lot of, which I will link down below. Yeah. so you guys can read it. Um, and then I know there's a lot of people on the Tweety uh, who have been tweeting about this, like some uh, uh, war veterans, like Shane Hazel, who uh, uh, was responding to a tweet that Kamala Harris sent out. So Kamala Harris says, "Enjoy the long weekend," which is. A really, really bad take if you're a government official. And keep in mind, it's a picture of of herself. Right. Yes. <laughs> so it's yes. not even like you know a picture of of a tombstone of a fallen soldier or an actual soldier or or, or anything relating to the U.S. military. It's no. just a picture of her, and it says, "Enjoy, enjoy your weekend, Joe." <laughs> it was a debate. It was a debate. Yeah. So it's it's a picture of her mugshot. Uh, saying enjoy the long weekend and then marjorie taylor green responds to this saying not a single veteran gave their life to support your freedom killing socialist bs Oof, she can really type she can type uh they serve to protect our freedoms and our borders which you clearly care nothing about since you haven't been there once vp borders are uh, i didn't know that was a thing and then shane hazel responds who is who's a marine combat veteran uh he says at Marjorie Taylor Greene, we served the murder cult and the wars, all of them now. Um, then Tulsi Gabbard uh, has said that uh, on this Memorial Day weekend, we reflect upon uh, uh, we reflect upon and honor those who served, made the ultimate sacrifice for our country. Let us reject the self-serving warmongers and media propagandists who are now perpetuating, preparing the American people for more wars from Asia Pacific to the Eastern European uh, involving r- with Russia. So, Tulsi Gabbard was a uh, medical, um, I hate to say trooper, but she was in the medical uh, sector of the National Guard and when she was in Iraq, and she saw the real crap. Uh, when, I don't think people realize, when you're in the medical field, you see all the guys that come back, missing arms, missing legs, you know, heads blown off, you see it all, because you have to give them medical care. So she knows firsthand the uh, the effects of what went on there. And she knows that a lot of them were lied to, uh, especially in Iraq and Afghanistan. So she's seen the real hells of war here in the 20th century or 21st century um, that you could experience. Uh, and then there are folks saying, you know, if you voted for Bush and Obama the second go-around uh, and you plan to vote for the duopoly again in the future, please spare, me, please spare us the Memorial Day missives or the misgivings um so no matter who you are i know Rand paul had said something similar to what tulsi had said so a lot of people have different emotions on what this holiday not not really a holiday but what this This, day means this day represents this day represents and the uh memorial day uh used to be called decoration day it started after the civil war or the so-called civil war I, i will refer to it now as the war for southern independence 
because that's really what it was, but that's a side point. And what they would do is that widows and uh, folks who lived in these towns who were soldiers were buried, whether it was from the north or from the south, they would go in and they would lay uh, flowers and wreaths and things like that on their graves as a day to remember those who gave their lives in that awful, awful war started by Abraham Lincoln. I'm not bitter about this at all. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of how it started. They would sing songs and things like that. There, there are some... Uh, Con- not contraries, but there there are differing opinions of how it started. Uh, there are some traditions that were different in Columbus and Mississippi, and uh, uh, folks in Columbus did things differently than they did in Mississippi. Uh, there's another theory that it was started by um, newly freed blacks uh, who um, from Charleston who sang John uh, Brown's body in various patriotic songs as they rebury the Union dead who had been found in uh, a war prison. And they account that is the first Memorial Day. Uh, so there's kind of differing opinions on when this day actually started, um, but that's some kind of the context behind it. Um, but yeah, so hmm, how, how, where do we go from here? So I look at Memorial Day, and I'll, I'll let Jacob give his opinion because it's probably pretty similar to mine. I don't think of it as a holiday, I think of it as a day for mourning and for remembering those who had served. Now, there are certainly cases um, where the United States has fought in wars that were legitimate. You, there's a good case I think you can make for World War II. But the First World War, Vietnam, Korea, all these other wars, I, I don't think you can make such a case. So I feel, I feel the sorrow, I feel the sadness of those who died, who lost loved ones, who lost parents, who lost grandparents— who died in a war thinking they was fighting for their freedom, but in all reality, they weren't fighting for anyone's freedom. I I, I, can, I have never gotten an explanation to the question what freedoms were, were over there in the desert of, of Afghanistan and Iraq. What freedoms of ours were over there? There weren't any. What exactly were we protecting uh, Vietnam? What? Nothing. Korea. That wasn't our fight. World War II, you can possibly make a case. And I think there's differencing of, of opinions. The First World War, there's no excuse for that. There's nothing that was done in that war uh, that protected the interests of America, that protected our freedoms. Um, so if you're going to fight a war and you're going to institute a draft, there has to be a legitimate reason. And I don't, I don't buy into the, the war propaganda that was going around at the time. Again, you can make a case for, for the Second World War. So... It's, it's really, it's a hard thing to say, and it's a hard thing for people to accept of your position that, hey, I don't look at it this, I don't look at this day the same as you do, because I see all these people who died in a war that they thought they were fighting for our freedom, but they really weren't. And they don't quite understand the, your emotion towards, hey, I feel for those, for those sons and daughters and those wives and husbands who don't have that person today because they were lied to about going to fight in a war that we had no business being in. Um, it, that, that, it might be an easy, for me, easy thing for me and Jacob to say that because we don't know uh, what goes on out there. We, don't, we, we haven't faced it personally. But I can tell you that there, are, there were people in our family that served. I know people that have served in these other wars. There's you know, Shane Hazel, for instance. Who you have combat veterans who say, you know what, what we did out there in Afghanistan, Iraq was all for nothing. 
you can't discount their experience either. So I'm taking their experience, and I'm saying, hey, these guys are saying the same thing that I'm saying, and they were actually there. You know, they cannot be discounted too. So, um, what do you think, Jacob? Yeah, some of the some of the best um, anti-war um, spokespeople and and advocates are former veterans, or 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 are not former veterans, but they're they are they are they are veterans. Because um, they, they, they've seen what happened. I mean, Tulsi Gabbard and Shane Hazel are great examples of this. They served in the front lines. They saw what was going on in the Middle East, and, and they were like, why? 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 No. You know, we need to stop this. And, and, and they served firsthand, and then they saw what was going on. And I think that Tulsi is still actually on the reserve unit for uh, the National, National Guard yeah. because she had to go serve when she was in Congress. Um, I did a whole piece. And Pete Conanis beat me to it. I was gonna write a whole piece about about about, about the the about the um the um, day, uh, but he beat me to it by a day. So I was like, Ugh. Pete stole my stole my thunder. Uh, but no, Pete's article is fantastic. Um, as well, I will link that below, and you guys can read it. Um, but I knew that I wanted to write an article about this day, and I knew I wanted to give my point of view because it's very different. From what we're taught, it's very different from what people um, see the day as. And I think that a lot of people have been told for so long, for as long as they've known, um, that America was always the good guy in all these wars. They're the good guys. Everyone else is the bad guys. We were, we, 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 we were never wrong. Um, we're always going to be written in the history books as the ones who... Who were liberators? Were favorably. liberators, and we were the noble ones. We were the ones trying to um, be the the a good fighting force in the world, and that no matter what conflict, we were always the good guys. Um, and I think that we are hammered that home to us from the youngest age possible. Um, that seeing American troops as um, as the bad guys, it doesn't matter in what context it is, you know, that, that's a, con- you, you know, what do you, what do you, a communist? Do you hate the troops? Do you hate American military? What's wrong with you? You're, you're not a patriot. If in the, in the current context, you have to be a patriot, you have to, um, you have to, have to view, view the men and women as, as, as heroes and these wars as completely justified. And if you don't, oftentimes you're called these these derogatory terms doesn't matter um, what your what your argument is or what you're saying to some of these people. So I knew I wanted to write something about it, and I did. You guys can go read it as my full thoughts. Whenever this day was coming around, I began thinking and I began um, trying to understand how how to put this into words because many people don't understand. Um, a anti-war anarchist perspective on a holiday that is solely about war and death. So where is where does that um, perspective, where does that opinion come in? What I said in the article is that just because I think that these wars were unjustified and just because I think that we, we we were not always the good guys in these situations does not mean that you cannot mourn the dead and does not mean that you can have sadness and sorrow in your heart. You absolutely can and you absolutely should. 
there is a fantastic quote that Pete Conona says in his article. And he says that, I'm going to butcher it, but he says that, um, no, sorry. I'm, 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 uh, he says, on this day, I weep for the fallen, not because of their sacrifice, but because they were sacrificed. Many, almost all these wars were perpetuated by politicians, by quote-unquote elected officials. Popularity contest winners. Popularity contest winners who wanted to stroke their egos or whatever and wanted to get involved. World War One's a great example. If you don't know, go read the introduction to Democracy, The God That Failed Us by Hans Hermann Hoppe. Explains all this perfectly. The history of, of um, World War One, why it started. Basically, to put it in a nutshell for you, Woodrow Wilson wanted to get rid of, rid of, of the monarchs and the Byzantines in Europe and in Russia. So he got involved, overthrew these, um, these monarchs, these kings and queens, and, and, just, and in their place put in democracy. Which, as you know, democracy turns out fantastic every time that it's implemented. Um, Hitler and 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 Lenin, Stalin, the Bolsheviks, the Bolsheviks. Oh, that was a fantastic move. The French Revolution. Um, and without World War One, you don't get World War Two. You don't get the rise of fascism. You don't get the rise of tanky communism and Mussolini and Mussolini in Italy. You, you don't you don't get all you don't get any of this if if World War One does not occur. One was caused by a man's ego and Woodrow Wilson thinking that he was going to put his name on the history books by spreading democracy and, and a government by and for the people, which is, is a cringe. Oh, I, I hate that, that term because people are stupid. So we have to make the world safe for democracy. That was the line. Well, that's been the line for I don't know how long. Yeah. It, it, it's hard because you, so where does that fit with the, with the men and women that died? And, um, Whenever you're going to, like, center mind the the the, the draft because because the, the draft is 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 universally evil. I think it is one of the most evil things the U.S. government has ever done. It it, it to me is akin to slavery. Um, as far as how evil it is, um, to basically rip young men and women away from their families to go fight in a war they don't believe in. How is it any different from whipping from, um, ripping a young black man away from his family to go work in a field that he doesn't believe in or doesn't want to. Um, there is there is no difference fundamentally. They're both the exact same. If you're going to ask for, for, for men and women to sacrifice their lives, the the threat and the reward and the cause has to be that much greater than that person's life. And I do believe that you can make a small argument because many historians go back and forth on, on World War II. With the exception of World War II, there is no justifiable reason for any men or women to, to, to die overseas for war. There's no, there's no justifiable reason. Vietnam, Korea, especially nowadays. The global war on terror. What I meant in the article... By it makes me sad, it gives me pits in my stomach, it makes me sick to my stomach. Is whenever I see nowadays um, a family whose whose children will never know their father. And for what? You know, yes, there was no draft after nine eleven. Yes, you know, he this this father willingly went in, or or some mother. It doesn't matter. 
Um, you have a parentless household for children, and for what? You, you, know, you know, for what? What did that man's sacrifice do to protect his family or his, his or her's family or the other fellow citizens of America? Even Republicans could not give me an answer on this one. And certainly, and certainly most progressives, most anti-war progressives will agree with me as well on this. But going and fighting in Iraq, Afghanistan, how has that made America any safer? And how have those sacrifices made us any safer? No one, no one has given me a substantial answer for that. Because they know it's all BS. Because they know that these wars are unnecessary, they're unjustifiable, and they need to end immediately. At the end of the article, I... I brought it home, and I brought up what happened on January 6th, the great insurrection. The great unarmed insurrection, Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked about how there were members of Congress and the Senate who were hunkered down in their offices or in the rafters of the, of the Senate floor, the, the House gallery. floor, the gallery. They were hunkered down, the, and the looks of terror and the looks of fear on their face um, as these Trump supporters were getting closer and closer. Um, I, I, I say I do not condone violence. I do not condone the threat of a murder against any other person um, that, of course, has not violated, you know, that has not initiated um, violence or aggression to perform upon you first. But the look of terror on their face, the look of dread on their face, the possible seeing death's face, seeing the, de- seeing the door of their, of their demise upon them. Um, I did find a little ironic. I did find it a little uh, poetic in a way. Um, Because these these are the same people who had no problem sending your men, your children, your husband, your wife to go fight in a war that they know fully well that is not justified. They had no problem seeing the horrors that are going on in Yemen right now. They had no issue with that. You had members of former Secretary of State Madden Albridge said that Albright. yes, or Albright, sorry, said that the that the ongoing genocide in in, in the Middle East completely justifiable. We think it, we we we, th- we think we think it's worth it. They vote for this stuff, and whenever they don't vote for this stuff, they're very quiet about this. They're very quiet on the fact that why are we in the Middle East? Why are we still propagating people to go and die in the Middle East? Why? They have no problem sending your children, your husbands, your friends, your family members over there, propagating them, brainwashing them to go over there. And then they also have no problem with, you know, um, supporting presidents and supporting uh, military generals and secretaries of state who have no problem drone striking civilians and causing um, genocides in Yemen and the, over- the overthrowing of, of these, quote unquote, legitimate governments. They have no issue with that. And for once in their pathetic life, they had the feeling of a soldier who, for no reason at all, is seeing death's door as he's, as he's, as he's about to be killed in the line of duty. They had no, they saw the same, the same terror, the same point of demise 
as a young child in Yemen who's who knows they don't have much longer or a soldier who knows that he's not going to make it home and see his kids again. So, I had no sympathies for any of those people. I know that there was a, there was a photo from one congresswoman who said that, oh, my window got busted and I was scared for my life. Well, <laughs> how, do you think that, uh, how do you think that a young girl in the Middle East feels whenever she can't get food or, she just, or, or, or her school was, 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 was drone striked randomly? And now, and, and now maybe her whole family's dead. Oh, but they busted a window, Joe. Mm. I had no sympathy for these people. I think it's also interesting the fact that if you look at who has won the presidency uh, the last couple rounds, uh, have, have always been the one who have a uh, dovish uh, foreign policy. Obama ran on ending the wars in the Middle East, which he didn't do. He escalated them. Trump stood on the debate stage in Republican country. This is this is George W. Bush country um, in front of a conservative crowd and looked at, at Jeb Bush and said, it's all your brother's fault. It was a big, fat mistake. He took he said those things and took the heat from all the right wing. Um, I'm sorry, right wing uh, pundits saying, oh, how could he say this? Of course, those wars were necessary. And of course, they died for our freedoms. He stood on the on the debate stage and said and looked at Jeb Bush and said it was all your brother's big fat mistake. And again, he he was speaking in front of the the conservative party, who, if people don't realize this, but the the majority of those who go and fight in these wars are conservatives, are Republicans, because they have a uh, a sense that they feel they have a sense of duty and, and honor to the country. So for him to say that and for him to get elected and for him to overwhelmingly get the most support a Republican president presidential candidate has ever gotten says something. I think people are starting to realize this, that we were sold a bill of goods, especially in the in the wars of the last 20 years, 20, 30 years. I think everybody's starting to realize that. Um, there's another thing that always comes up on this holiday, and that is the issue of uh, freedom. Well, they fought and died for our freedom. Well, what does freedom exactly mean? Jeff Dice had a good piece a couple years ago when talking about Memorial Day, he says uh, Memorial Day provides the political class c- countless opportunities to ruin an otherwise thoroughly enjoyable holiday weekend. Like clockwork, local congressmen, mayors, city council members, etc. all materialize a, uh, at parades, picnics, and churches to give speeches about freedom. But what does freedom mean? Just like in economics, we have to uh, you know, repudiate junk terminology, uh, you know, you know, using you know stupid political words, basically. In essence, freedom is the ab- absence of state coercion. Nothing more, nothing less. So you can't tell me that we are a freer country today because there is more state coercion than there's ever been. The same party that voted for George W. Bush that got us the Patriot Act, we are now reaping the consequences of that because of January 6th. They are using that supposed thing that's supposed to keep us safe and keep us free because they're going to take out the terrorists. We're going to look through everyone's emails and their metadata to take out the terrorists. But now they're using that very thing that's supposed to keep us free and keep us safe against us. They're using it against the own pe- the very people who supported it. So we are not freer. We, have, we are so much further in debt. We have more people who come home wounded physically and mentally. That, that doesn't make us freer. There is more government coercion. There's more state action. 
And these wars are still going on to this day. That doesn't make us freer. I would contend we were less free. Since World War II, the United States has become an empire. Now, I want to say something very, very quickly here. When I say the United States, I don't mean um, your everyday American. I mean the politicians, the political class, the political generals, the people that lied to President Trump about how many troops were left in Syria. Those guys. Those guys who, uh, who lied to, the, to their commander-in-chief about how many troops were in Syria. Yeah, those SOBs. You know, the, the, the John Boltons, the Max Boots, the political class, the political pundits who continuously sell these wars. What, meanwhile, they keep their own families and friends away from them. So when I say the United States, I mean those people. Not, 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 not your everyday people who eat at Waffle House on Saturday mornings and go to church and go to baseball games. Not those people, because they had nothing to do with this. But the political class. They are the reason why... We are continuously have to deal with these things, and we are the ones who have to pay for the consequences of this. Not them. They're getting rich off of this. But the ones who have to pay the consequences are the ones who have lost friends, family, fathers, mothers, grandparents in wars that did not need to happen. And we are the ones who will ultimately have to pay for all of their misgivings and their misdeeds. So... Freedom is the absence of state coercion. But since World War II, we've been the empire, the world's empire. We are, we are demanding that China, you know, stop their actions in the South China Sea. We have no more right to tell China what to do than anybody else. Where do we get off telling China what they have to do in their own backyard? Or with Russia? Where do we get off? You know? How? Or, or in the Middle East? Since when is it our business to, to you know, moderate the internal affairs of uh, Middle Eastern countries? That's none of our business. None of our business. So you can't put your finger in every single pie and expect it to co always come out clean. It doesn't work that way. And at some point, everyone's going to have to... I think it, people are realizing this now, but at some point, people are really going to have to realize that, you know, this whole freedom thing that we're always told on this day and... You know, the freedom that were that they supposedly protected, it was really, it's just another lie. And I think when you have such awful and terrible things that happened, like war, people have to come up with a reason to justify it. Otherwise, they have to come to the reality that they were lied to. And nobody wants to admit that. Nobody wants to admit that they were lied to because of all these awful things that have happened. So they find a way to justify it. They use certain buzzwords like freedom and safety and liberty and whatnot, when really they're just covering up for a lie. They were sold a, they were all sold a lie. Um, I think that, um, I mean, I think especially since Korea and Vietnam, Vietnam's one of the biggest examples. Um, no one that I know said that Vietnam was justified. And, and ever since then, <clears throat> There, there, there's, there's no justification for anything and and there's been no reward there's the, there's no there's no benefit um the only thing that we got out of out of these wards is is a lot of graves at at arlington that's all we got i remember we were at disney a couple years ago and i think we were in we were at, at epcot we were in the german pavilion there in the world showcase and there was this old man uh, who looks like, the, like he was of Vietnam uh, era age, 
And then I we come around the front of him. He passes us, and I see he has a hat on. It's one of those uh, veterans hats. I think he was forget which where he was at. Um, I forget what branch he was in, but it doesn't matter. On the side of his hat, it said, um, you know, I'm feeling the effects of Agent Orange, which is something that they used in Vietnam mm-hmm. to fight off the Viet Cong. And here is this man, all these years later, who is still suffering the consequences of chemicals and other things that were used in that fight against the Viet Cong, which we lost. He is still suffering from all of those things, and yet he has never gotten an apology from those who started that war and perpetrated that war. That man has to live with the consequences. Do you think the people who were in the White House and the Pentagon at the time are suffering from those consequences? Maybe they feel bad for all the men that died. No, they don't. I don't, I, I don't, I don't buy it. So it's, to me, it's very hard to ask a man like that who has to suffer for the rest of his life because of a chemical that was used in that war. Meanwhile, he never will get an ex- explanation as to why we were there, a legitimate one. To me, that's unfair. To me, it's unfair to, to initiate a draft and take young men away from their families, away from their homes, to go fight in a war that they, that, that they want nothing to do with, that, that some politician told them was important. To me, that's unfair. You know, that, that's not freedom. You're not, you're, not, you're not fighting freedom with slavery. That's, just, that's the conundrum of the, 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 war for Southern, uh, the war for Southern independence, a.k.a. the Civil War. You had a draft issued on both sides, and you had people say, well, that war was fought over the, the slaves and fighting, ending slavery. What, you're going to fight slavery with slavery? Yeah. Makes no sense. That's unfair. And you can't tell me that, well, it had to be done. Well, let me ask you this. If you had kids of age who could have gone over and fought, would you have gladly sent them? Would you have been okay if they were drafted? Because if you say no... And you can never ask another parent to make that sacrifice. You can't do it. That's, that is the most selfish, unfair thing you can ever do. They say, I will protect my own child, but go take, go, go, but go take my neighbors. You yeah, can't, you that, can't do that's, that. I mean, that's what, that's what I always tell people who, who would say that, you know, the uh, draft was, was needed and justified for, for whatever, insert whatever war. You know, <clears throat> would you have sent your firstborn? You know, supporting to a small child, would you send this person to go, to to go and fight? If if you say anything other than yes, then then you can't hold the two positions at the same time. Nope, can't hold it. I um, there's still sadness. There's still mourning. Um, I and just because I think that the wars were illegitimate and they were unjustified, and that many people died that didn't need to die, that does not mean. We have very clear that does not mean that you speak ill. That does not mean that you um, are disrespectful. Disrespectful in any way. In fact, in fact, I would argue that a, a position that me and Joe hold shows more honor and more respect because these men and women um, were fed a lie and still, still, still served their country. Still believe that they were serving. Their, their, um, their, their, their friends and their family, even though in, in reality they probably weren't, but they still, um, had that much dedication, um, to, 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 to go about in that, um, 
but, but just but just because you don't think that the wars were justified does not mean that you hate soldiers or that you um my hate America. my disdain is for the people on top yes it's for it's for the generals it's for the presidents it's for um it's for all these people if you've noticed um you'll see families who don't have parents you'll see families whose children have 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 never met their grandfather because he died in Vietnam or Korea and even the p- people that come back whether it be through Vietnam in the case of you being exposed to a, to a deadly chemical you know you have no legs you have no arms you're permanently scarred and, and maimed forever you have PTSD that causes you to want to um, commit suicide every single day you have the the visible effects of it and the people that perpetuate these wars what happens to them Where's, where is the sacrifice from the top command where is the sacrifice from the presidents the congress people the senators the lawmakers who the political pundits the political pundits where are the ones who perpetuate these wars cheer them on ask for you to sacrifice oh no don't don't take my kids to go sacrifice you all go sacrifice if this is why that's why i said what i said about about the lawmakers on january 6th it's the first time in their life they had experienced a little bit of terror they got to see death in its face for the for the first time in their lives and I think it was really poetic, and maybe, maybe, maybe for a split second, they felt the same thing that a soldier felt, um, who they had no problem sending to their death, even though they know full well that what they are doing is completely unjustifiable. Yeah. So uh, I hope everyone enjoys their weekend. Uh, reflect on maybe things that we have said or other things uh, that might um, cause you to think differently about these things. Uh, we'll be. I'll be back again on Wednesday, and we'll be having more uplifting uh, topic. I'll, I'll find yeah. something to talk about that's a little but more. But look, you look. Memorial Day is still a day where you can just go eat too much hot dogs and too many brats. Look, we're smoking a brisket. Yes, I've and got a brisket. I, and a I am. Look, I am. I am beyond excited for this. I am beyond um, ready for this. Yesterday, I had too many bratwurst. I had too many hamburgers with mustard, of course. No ketchup. N- no ketchup. Because look, you're an adult. Look, stop. Stop. Ketchup belongs on hamburgers and fries. Mustard belongs on hot dogs and bratwurst. Yes. And if you're going to do bratwurst right, you got to get some of that spicy German mustard, that spicy brown mustard. Maybe a little sauerkraut and A little some bit of sauerkraut. I'm supposed to do it. Yeah. Um, but yes, I will link those articles down below as well as I'll also link the, the COVID cases. The New York Times has like one of the best um, trackers for that. So go check that out. Folks, this is a this is a time to go spend with friends and family. Um you know, what I said about the Atlanta United game is I said, um, packed house, no masks, Dr. Fauci, eat your heart out. Because <laughs> um, I think that, that is the attitude right now, and it needs to keep going. Um, you know, all to liberty, and I think that uh, I, I, th- I think that we are turning turning around when it comes to this, to come, when largely comes to this um, pandemic. And, um, you know, if you go out and you link up with friends and family and someone gives you a gives you a stern look because you're not vaccinated or you're not following the rules or following masks. You know what you got to do? You just got to wish them well. Yeah. You just got to wish them well. Um, there was a, there's a, there's a rush song about that. Um, someone, someone who says that to you probably doesn't really care about you too much. Probably doesn't have your best self-interest in mind. Um, 
So I wouldn't put too much stock in what they have to say. But folks, thank you folks so much for listening. All the links will be down in the description below. Um, check out check out the Joe Show episode number four will be out this week. And um, actually, go go and check out Joe Show's last episode. Um, it was fantastic as well. Um, so go check that out. We'll be back here on Friday. See ya. Peace. Roger, Clint, we copy you on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot.